recap of the July 1st show um, with Ann Morrison in a moment, but I just want to go over, this is our July uh, 4th Independence Day sale, which you can see here. It's a 7 for Heaven sale, which means it's 7% off on top of previous sale prices, multi-packs, and free shipping right down to one bottle, over $50 in, in the value. So uh, it's uh, an amazing sale. And we don't have another sale on for two months until Labor Day. So whatever you need for your wellness needs, you need to start scrambling now. Also want to mention that if you need to help, I provide this part of our ministry. You can go to this block here right below the uh, Nutramedical Associates. And you can get uh, free access with an email to request specific help on uh, medical questions, medical legal, or specific nutraceutical or spiritual issues. Uh, I provide this free. I only charge and recommend a consultation if I get tons of medical records, legal records, or otherwise. At 150 per half hour, 99% of the time, it's just a matter of you emailing me. Phone call re returns are only to our, uh, our regular customers. And our regular customers, uh, as per screen by Michelle, are the only ones that get access to the full wellness condition. So if you want a wellness recommendation, email me and you get those free. A couple of specials we have on. We have the Life Support Chocolate, the Allison Med uh, uh, sale free of shipping as well. That's a really good thing because the cost of shipping is over two pounds. Uh, the QRMA device is 25% off, which is an amazing price difference. And you get free consults for you and your family. It takes them into the test. We also have the CardioVasc uh, liquid and capsules available. Again, uh, two months supply, uh, free shipping and reduced price, again, 7%. Lactose blocker. We have, of course, the Nutriodine, the most powerful antipathogenic on the planet, plasma monoatomic iodine. Our Silver 100, the only ionic silver on the planet, no other comparison to any other product. Power C Plus, the only neutral pH vitamin C in the world. 40% uh, higher absorption because of bioperin. And, of course, we have uh, Lots of other neat products. I want to go over uh, some that I haven't for some time, um, which deals with some of our diagnostics. Uh, <clears throat> of course, we have our hyperbaric chambers here at uh, Summit to See, and there's a lot of new uh, sale prices over the summer that I want people to be aware of. Hmm. I'm not sure why that website's not showing up, but again, uh, Summit to See hyperbaric chambers are, are available. We also have, of course, um, the uh, PrepareWise Foods Ready Store. And of course, uh, Pure Water Systems, and you've used the code 10% off for uh, Pure Water Systems. Uh, this is a, these are amazing devices. This is the BEV100 system here. If we take you directly over to the main website, you can see uh, that we have, of course, the uh, under the counter system, we have a tackle box system, the BEV200 uh, system, BEV300 under the counter. The BEV500 has automatic electronic flushing and the whole host system as well. So those are all available and you get 10% off if you use the code NutriMed. So that's an amazing uh, saving there as well. Um, the, uh, I, I want people to be aware of the amazing new technologies we have in terms of diagnostics. And I've been doing research and preparing a paper for the Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine in December in Las Vegas. Uh, I just went over it with uh, some of the main principles with Dr. Ryan Klatz and it's a new a DNA song of life uh, biophoton theory that explains disease and aging in terms of biophotons regulating DNA, uh, epigenetics, and uh, the actual playing out the song of life of how to activate and inactivate genes. Uh, this theory uh, can be challenged because it's scientifically based and has a number of parameters. So if it is correct, it will break the code of what disease and aging uh, is not only in humans but all their life forms on the planet. 
And the different diagnostic machines, we have the QRMA device, uh, the Bioplasm Expert, and nonlinear system. Uh, that system is pretty amazing. Uh, the, the NLS, so I have a system here now, and it'll do a nonlinear analysis of your whole body um, and tell you the bioresonance of every body system and actually can identify different issues going on in the body using bioresonant technology. The next step up from the uh, NLS is the Metapathia Hunter, and uh, I've just obtained a Metapathia Hunter from the Russian Space Agency. This diagnostic machine actually is most advanced in the world, and you're able to generate treatment frequencies, which we will now be launching with a number of frequency-dependent, we call morphogenic field devices, including uh, frequency, microcurrent, uh, light therapy, and electromagnetic, uh, we call epigenetic fields, and they can actually turn your genes on to counteract disease and illness. So uh, this is the first of its kind in the world, and I managed to make an interface between the Russian metapathia uh, which is a um, version of the Metatron and uh, the technology for treatments. So you'll be able to do this at home uh, or in a clinic. And it's the first on the planet. There's nothing like this anywhere on earth. And I'll be working with uh, the developers of the Accutron microcurrent device, the most advanced microcurrent device, the uh, Korean version of the sound generating uh, uh, vibrational plate uh, therapy and the morphogenic field uh, light therapy magnetic field machines out of Canada. Um, so these will all be tunable to specific treatment frequencies based on the metapathia is the most advanced. And uh, we have a tremendous uh, sale off on that. You can see our price for the metapathia is uh, usually 14,000. We're dropping it to 10,500 for clinics. That includes uh, backup help and I will be charging for my time to do diagnostics to log on to TeamViewer 11 and actually look at the data live. So we can actually scan with a relative accuracy or greater of MRI, CT scans, right down to individual diseases, pathogens, and even genetic and metabolic abnormalities. So it's there's nothing to compare to it. It was developed for the Russian Space Agency. So I um, want you to be aware of that. Now in terms of our regular protocol in nutraceuticals, we of course have several hundred in our protocols for treatment virtually every health condition. And without the right nutraceuticals, all these other advanced technologies won't have their optimum benefit. One of our latest developments is the Cell Defense Plus, which is a new curcumin. This actually reverses cancer cell transformation, stem cell activation, uh, DNA protection, and modulation of healing and regeneration. And uh, we have uh, Mount Med Velvet. We're working on a new version for supplying special capsules to get to the terminal ileum. That project will be done probably by the fall. We have uh, new applications of our microdose um, uh, and homeopathic growth hormone and all kinds of other nutraceuticals which are extremely unique. Uh, most of these you cannot find anywhere else in the world, Amazon or the big box stores, but uh, we provide protocols and benchmark testing, both conventional advanced imaging as well as functional medicine testing and genetic testing and metabolites to determine if you're making progress or not. That goes well beyond symptoms, so that's important. Um, we're now going to turn to uh, to uh, Anne's uh, recent updates, and uh, welcome to the program. Uh, your uh, July 1st update, which is an hour two of uh, the Nutramedical show on Fridays, covered a whole range of topics from biosecurity to uh, research on can a new re drug-resistant, multi-drug-resistant yeast, uh, Candida auris, West Nile virus causing long-term memory problems, uh, typhus outbreaks in Colorado under biosecurity, and then of course we go down to climate. Uh, giant gravity waves to mix uh, summer and winter with Dr. Robert Scribbler from Ottawa, 
uh, the death of winter in Nassau, May 2016, eighth uh, record hot month in a row, uh, and the jet stream crossing the equator, uh, and uh, fixing the economic uncertainty with nitrogen fixing peas, which is, I don't think I had time to cover that on the show, and uh, more seismic information about Cascadia subduction zone and preparing for a post-Cascadia world, which every three to 500 years is a major subduction tsunami uh, off the coast of Vancouver, Lower British Columbia to uh, Washington, Northern California, that causes a, some coastal devastation. So uh, let's start off with uh, biosecurity and the Zika virus uh, on in pregnant women. What's the latest story on that, Anne? Well, they found they've uh, been doing studies now that they know that the Zika virus also attacks uh, other primates besides humans. It attacks monkeys, and they. So they've been studying. Uh, they've been using. They've been studying these monkeys to see uh, the the effect that Zika has on them, and what they've discovered is something that is uh, very pertinent to uh, pregnant women in the United States and elsewhere. And uh, what they discovered was that with the uh, pregnant monkeys, were likely to have Zika persist in their blood far longer than those who are not pregnant. And uh, so they looked into that. Uh, Zika typically clears of the blood in about a week, although it may remain in the uh, seminal fluid, saliva, and breast for months or years. Right. And um, so a hypothesis has been put out that, that the pregnant women may get reinfected from their fetus. Now, we know that the Zika virus can penetrate the immune barriers, such as the placenta that keeps the immune system of the female from attacking the parasitic like fetus. And uh, when a pregnant woman catches the Zika virus, the virus penetrates the placental barrier and infects the fetus. Right. It, it is now believed that Zika shedding from the fetus can return through the placenta into the woman. And uh, so what they're suggesting is that doctors can monitor uh, the, uh, the mother's blood for indication that the fetus is infected with Zika because they will find Zika in the blood for, uh, well, as long as 10 times uh, what you would expect. Instead of 8 days, it might be 80 days. So this is this is very disturbing. I mean, this is very very. It, it means disturbing. pregnant women may be a, a bigger source of infection to the general community, and also to reverse infection where they get bitten by mosquitoes, it gets into the vector animals and even pets, and then they become carriers. Uh, we know that uh, other primates are very major carriers, and we know Ebola, for example, which is another RNA virus, can persist, and it's probably the cause of ninety percent of deaths with Ebola in Africa of all the great apes. So um, this whole class of viruses evades the immune system. Uh, it can persist in what's called remote sites like the eye, the uh, testicles, and the uterus. So it may mean that women get, become infected with this. It's possible that they may never be able to permanently have a normal fetus. Well, yes, it's Zika, and there's no reason to expect that it wouldn't. If the Zika gets into the ovaries, I mean, it gets into the testicles, so... If it gets into the ovaries, then it will go through and it will destroy all the eggs that that woman has. Uh, we know that because they've looked at uh, the autopsies on women who are pregnant. Which would fit and, in with, uh, the, with the modus of the theory that the globalists want to reduce world population and reduce fertility. Uh, we know that the Rio Games, 2016 Games, are a disaster now. 
and a lot of people, including athletes, aren't going to go. Well, those always were kind of a hypersexual event anyway. Uh, I mean, this was well known from previous Olympics, and they want to be very careful that uh, women who now participate in the Olympics are uh, protected. You know, uh, an athletic woman uh, may decide later to have a child, and there she gets it while she's performing. Yeah, the most important is and sexual protection with condoms. Second is uh, avoidance of sex. And the third area is avoid areas where there's active mosquitoes. Uh, so they have to do mosquito reduction technologies now. They're using this t same technology in southern Florida this summer to re with the OX513A gene. And the problem is the genes are going to get onto the plant and animal kingdom because these genes are, are what we call riddle or jumping genes. And they uh, have what's called a uh, transposon to actually insert it into the genome. A double-stranded DNA uh, plants and animals. The thing is, when they're inserted, they increase the oxidative stress in the host, and they increase the rate of evolution of RNA viruses. According to research that's been done in the past 50 years, uh, RNA virus uh, oxidative stress can increase mutation rates and pathogenetic development by up to 10,000 times faster than DNA viruses. So it's my theory that the OX513A gene insertion uh, increased the 15 base pair changes in Zika that made it much more lethal to cause both ascending ER paralysis and increased levels of microcephaly and also these persisting uh, infections that, that are present now. And it's only 15 base pair changes out of 10,000. So it wasn't a lot of changes in order to make it much nastier in terms of its infectivity, spread, and disease patterns. Right, and that leads us into the second subject that I want to talk about. And that has to do with the vaccine that's being developed by the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. And they have a uh, vaccine that they are probably going to be testing at the end of the year. Right. And it's, it's based on a cell culture Japanese encephalitis vaccine that has already been approved by the FDA and is highly effective. Now, did, did you get cell cultured means that it's an inactive virus. It is not, it is not a, an attenuated live virus. And uh, well, that, that's a good inactivated, move. An inactivated virus vaccine is much safer than the live attenuated yeah. virus vaccine that the, other, that the other manufacturers are testing. Now, there's a very simple way, and I mentioned this several times, if they're listening, doctors and scientists, you can radio label with uh, positronically labeled fluorodeoxyglucose antibodies uh, to show that there's an increase in the population of T, uh, specifically uh, antipathogenic T lymphocytes. And if you could radio label these and see an anamnestic increase in the population size in response to a new exposure to the pathogen, these uh, vaccines could be helpful because they'll tag the pathogen and then the T lymphocyte population can increase. If you can do both, uh, one of the things that I think we should be doing is considering doing what's called T lymphocyte uh, immunotherapy. So besides vaccination with, uh, with inactivated vaccines, which tags the pathogen, we actually insert into the, into the individual a T-cell clone that's pre-trained to actually attack the pathogen, then on exposure uh, to an increase in antibody load, the T-lymphocyte population will increase and kill the pathogen. So there's really two steps. You've got to take the pathogen, number one, and you want an inactivated vaccine so you don't create a new recombinant. And you want an increase in T lymphocyte activity that will actually increase the population to kill the pathogen by generating signaled oxygen that's the ultimate antipathogenic. 
Um, if you did that, you'd probably be able to clear, number one, create vaccines that wouldn't have adjuvants, and number two, you wouldn't uh, cause new recombinant uh, pathogens. So we need advanced immunotherapy uh, to use combinations of non-activated uh, non vaccines, you know, partially activated, We'd have to have inactivated vaccines without adjuvants that could disturb the immune system, and we need to make sure that we actually can identify that the vaccine did create an increase in the T lymphocyte population to kill the pathogens, whether it's viruses, mycobacteria, or fungi, or candida, like the one we're going to talk about in a moment, the candida auris, which is a new multidrug-resistant candida. Um, and the reason that it's so important that the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research is uh, using their vaccine that they uh, developed for Japanese encephalitis is that both Japanese encephalitis and Zika are in the same flavivirus family. Right. So we've got, we've got Japanese encephalitis, Zika, West Nile virus, uh, dengue, and chikungunya. Right. And they're all the same. And, uh, I mean, they come from the same family, so hopefully what works against one, uh, once it's adapted to the, to the next virus, uh, should work against that. Right. The, the next area is the complement of microglial axis deprived uh, synapse loss during virus-induced memory impairment. So this is basically, West Nile virus can actually damage the microglial axis development of synapses uh, because of increased inflammation in the brain. And uh, it could be this chronic process may actually cause permanent memory impairment in people who've had West Nile virus. Can you talk about that for a moment, Anne? Yes. Normally, when uh, when an older person dies and they've had uh, problems with their memory, they don't do an autopsy because they just say, well, she died of old age or it's just a naturally occurring thing. Yeah, slo sloppy doctors that are not scientists. How's that? Uh, well, Okay. And it does cost money to do an autopsy, but until you do that, you don't know uh, how much the brain has been damaged by the viruses that that person has carried throughout their lifetime. Right. In fact, they did a study at Cornell University uh, published four years ago in New York City, and they found that 28% of people that die of dementia have viruses. Many times they've actually been viruses they carried since, say, the MMR vaccine when they were a child. Measles, mumps, rubella that contained the uh, the uh, Rhesus uh, uh, cancer-inducing vaccine that can actually induce uh, glial cell changes and precancerous changes and, and neurofibrillar tangles in the brain even 50 years after the vaccination was given. Well, now the doctors are starting to look at these flaviviruses as a chronic disease, not an acute disease. They used to think that uh, you got it, you had symptoms for maybe a week, and then you were through with it. Well, that's not what happens. What they're discovering is that these viruses, this particular family of viruses, hides in the body, and they hide behind the immune barriers. Right. Is they, they get into the brain, they get into the placenta, they get into the into the seminal fluid and uh, the ocular into the eyes and they do damage to the brain while they're uh, they what they're what's happening is that the pre-synapse uh, part of the of the reasoning of the functioning is really part of the memory uh, that's where they destroy it they just kind of eat those cells away right and then they go on to the next one and they they reproduce in those and, and split them open, and they, they are no longer useful for memory. And uh, the, they, the reason that they did that was because they were having 
because they were looking into West Nile virus and they wanted to know why um, why uh, patients who had the West Nile virus neuroinvasive disease uh, were exhibiting loss of the of memory and they found out that because they did uh, autopsies on them and they they studied and what they found out was you know a synapse is where the nerve uh, sends the electrical signal to the next nerve right. so this is the pre-synapse right. so this is the part that's right before the synapse and they were gone i mean the brains were yeah they're losing them with the, the, the what's called the micro uh, vesicles that are the neurotransmitters that cross the synaptic cleft and create the nervous impulse in the next nerve fiber tracts. There's uh, three stages to memory. The first is what's called virtual, which is an action potential across the neural network. The second is what's called synaptic facilitation to create neural neural pathways. And the third is what's called microtubules. And if you destroy the synaptic cleft uh, section, you truncate uh, one of the major stages in creating a permanent memory and actually the card file to recall the memory and create a neural uh, we harmonic, we call resonant array of neurons that reproduces the memory because you can only learn things that are related to things you already knew. So it has to be some degree of what's called resonant uh, activation to action to what's called a level of consciousness. And uh, that get, if, when that's lost, you lose ability to recall memories. Um, yeah, but, and we, you know, it's only been in the last 40 or 50 years that we've discovered that shingles is caused by the same virus that gives you chickenpox. And uh, before then, they didn't know that. And now, so they know that the uh, chickenpox virus, the uh, variola, hides in the body. In fact, it hides in the nervous system. And yeah, it hides in the pericarium of the nerve cell body. And it breaks out 30, 40, 50, 60 years later by bubbling up the pericarium all the way to the nerve cell uh, through the axon to the skin surface. And when it bubbles up to the surface, you end up with, uh, you know, herpetic lesions and neuropathy. Uh, so, interesting. Yes. Next thing is the global emergence of invasive multidrug-resistant yeast Candida auris. Now we've had, in the past 30 years, three versions of Candida that are present. One Candida albicans that's been around for several hundred years, Candida glabrata and tropicalis, but there's a number of substrains. This one here, called Candida auris, is multidrug-resistant, which means it's not killed off by the typical antifungals. And uh, you mentioned in this little simple tester to do if you got Candida, uh, I've been measuring anti-candida antibodies since the University of San Francisco 36 years ago. And so I was one of the first doctors in the world to actually do IgA and IgG antibody tests because I knew candida was a major problem, causing not only leaky gut syndrome, but increased total body cytokine levels and breaking down the uh, what's called the tight junctions between different parts of the bowel wall. So large protein molecules would inoculate the payer patches of the immune system and the cup for cells of the liver, causing uh, immune system activation that can affect the blood-brain barrier neurotransmitter levels and cytokine levels and tissues throughout the body and can even be a factor inducing autoimmune disease and cancer. So um, these tests that you show here are pretty, pretty cool where you do the spit test. Can you describe that test here? I have a little picture up already with how, how the test is done. Okay. Well, uh, you know, back when uh, women didn't wear pants, you know, I, I, was, I was part of that generation that went through that uh, went from wearing a skirt to wearing pants. And they told us at that time, they said, don't sit on the floor and you're more likely to get yeast infections because you don't have the flow of air around your genitals. And women are specifically uh, targeted by candida. Now, I don't want to worry uh, women about this new candida that they found. This new candida is not the one that you've been treating 
Yeah. Nystat and then and, and Nizerol and other things. Yeah, Caspofungin. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they have a test here that's pretty easy. You take a uh, glass of water and you put it next to your bed at night before bedtime. And then before you get up, before you drink, eat, kiss, or brush your teeth, the first thing in the morning, you spit into the glass of water. And then you can go ahead and, and do your grooming and your hygiene. And uh, within 30 minutes, uh, you can look at the, the glass of water. Healthy spit floats on top of the water. Spit with candida yeast overgrowth will have one or more. Uh, they'll either have suspended cloudy specks or there'll be cloudy saliva at or near the bottom of the glass. And those will show up in about 30 minutes or less. So uh, it's, it's something that you can do at home if you think you have a, you know, even if you don't think that you have a candida yeast infection, it, this is so simple, and uh, you can you can be your own homeopath. Yeah. Anyway, they, they found this, uh, the, the main thing about this is uh, this candida auris is that it's an MDR, and if you remember, an MDR is a multi-drug resistant, in this case it's a yeast. And uh, they found it first in uh, Japan in 2009. It's now 2016. And in, the, in those seven years, it has spread to South Korea, India, South Africa, Kuwait, Colombia, Venezuela, Pakistan, and the United Kingdom. Now it has high mortality. So what, what these candida versions, and I did research in mycology on it years ago when I had cases as an internal medicine doc back in the 90s. And what I discovered using reference labs in Osaka and California is that uh, these strains produce aldehydes, and the aldehydes are cause brain death and immune system failure. So uh, it's the aldehyde generation which you can actually measure in urine or saliva or blood, and if they have high, high aldehyde levels with candida, they're very likely going to get brain cell death, cardiac arrest, and other major immune system failure. That's right. This is a, a very high fatality yeast. And uh, you're likely to pick it up in a hospital. Um, it's not yet considered community acquired, and uh, it, it, but it has now reached the United States. And uh, so your your doctor should be aware of it, and should and you should ask him about uh, the hospital that that he wants you to go into uh, for whatever reason, and make sure that they have antifungal protocols in place. Yeah, the problem is most of the antifungals that they're going to use, including medical drugs, number one, uh, they're quite toxic to your liver, so you have to manage your liver enzymes. Number two, they actually chemically can castrate you, so they interfere with normal sterile metabolism in your adrenal glands and your sexual organs. And number three, they may not kill off the candida in its hyphal branching form, so it can return as soon as the uh, antifungal is stopped. So drugs like caspofungin and nizerol and other antifungals so they have some major limitations, and they may not kill it off. Well, that's right. Any time a yeast goes into the spore production business, then it's going to spread throughout your system. Now, we have a uh, salmonella typhine. Salmonella is a major cause of infection in, in uh, infected chicken eggs uh, and in things like uh, salads and so on. In fact, uh, salmonella uh, is one of the things that often in the lettuce, if you travel to third world countries, can get you. Uh, typhus is a, is a nasty, salmonella typhi is nasty, and it can cause uh, bloody diarrhea and death. Uh, let's talk about this. There's an outbreak in Colorado in 2015. What happened? 
Well, a uh, restaurant worker in Colorado who had been exposed to typhus during uh, travel outside the United States 15 years ago, uh, people uh, come, that had eaten in that restaurant were found to have typhus and they ended up in the hospital. Of course, they were very, very sick. And uh, so this is one of those... Um, That's what they call typhoid Mary, typhoid Mary complex, where this lady by the name of Mary had this chronic typhus, and she Ty- herself Ty- didn't Ty- get Mary. sick. Yeah, she didn't get sick, Ty- but she, she, she he spread it. He may not exhibit though. any symptoms, and he didn't. So they asked all the workers there to provide fecal swabs, uh, which were taken by the uh, CDC doctors. Right. And one worker uh, was positive for typhus, and he was treated with erythromycin for a month, and after remaining clear of typhus for three months, he was allowed to return to work. Right. Um, this is very disturbing to me. I, I don't think that anybody who has had typhus should ever work in the food industry again. Um, but that's the rules, and so he was allowed to do that. As far as we know, three other people were hospitalized with typhus, and uh, the exposure, it, it was the same genotype as the kind that he was carrying. So even 15 years later, even, even if you have no symptoms, after 15 years, you can still carry the typhus in your body, and it's a uh, fecal oral route for it to uh, to infect somebody else. Right. Now, there's uh, several other pathogens that will similarly infect other people. Uh, Helicobacter pylori, carbapenem-resistant enterococci, and uh, Clostridium difficile. The, all these pathogens are what we call stealth pathogens, and people can be in carrier states for years. Oh, yes. Yes, self-pathogens, that's a good term. Yeah. And, uh, so the, the, anyway, the, next one is... they, you know, the, the medical personnel are supposed to be tested for carriers, but there was a recent outbreak in a right. children's ward from a, from a nurse that was a silent carrier, just like Typhoid mm-hmm. Mary. And uh, so, you know, we have modern medicine here, yeah. but still people get sick. People, uh, what we need to do is we need to have a much more scientifically rigorous screening program for spreading pathogens. For example, they're very concerned about uh, herd immunity and vaccinations when herd immunity doesn't prove to have any basics and logic. Because if a vaccine truly worked, you wouldn't worry about being infected by somebody else. The problem with some of these stealth pathogens, there's no real vaccines against them, like uh, Salmonella typhi. And uh, oh, public health and uh, eliminating them from what we call the food or or pathogen stream in a hospital worker or a food worker is what you really need to do. And if you can clear them up, you have to use some of our antipathogenics that we carry that are more powerful than the drugs that doctors use. Our, our uh, Dutriodine is the most powerful, then uh, Allison Med, which will penetrate through the biofilm, and finally Silver 100, which is the only 100% ionic silver in the world. And without these antipathogenics that are penetrate through biofilm and completely clear the pathogen and its carrier state, uh, you're guaranteed that it's going to come back. And usually I recommend two or all three of these antipathogenics at the same time, and you have to do benchmarks of measuring if the pathogen is still present, which isn't easily grown. That's why they call it Clostridium difficile. And some of these pathogens won't show up in the culture media very easily, but they're still present in the person. So it's a big problem. Yeah, what I've promoted is that when uh, people come in through our international airports is that they do a breath test. That's where you have a petri dish that uh, will grow microbials, and you just have them do a short uh, cough in front of it. You just go, and uh, that's enough to capture anything that's in their in their breath or saliva, 
for instance, Zika could be caught that way. And, uh, you know, it takes uh, a few days to grow, but then the health department, the local health department could be noted. I, I, I think uh, one of the things we did when we went to, to uh, two years ago to uh, West Africa is we used this new PCR test for measuring against specific pathogens. And I think we should have uh, at least, a, you know, say half, half dozen, we call infective pathogens like Ebola, Zika virus, and others, where we do a PCR and we hold them in a holding area for half an hour. 15 to 20 minutes later, uh, the test is done. We can release them if they're ne negative. If they're not, they need to go into quarantine until we can make sure they're clear and can't spread it either to, to a city insect population or spread sexually. Because we now know Zika is spread sexually, <clears throat> and uh, we also know that the blood supply can be infected with some of these pathogens like Chagas uh, uh, spirochetosis from South America, where it's estimated now that there's 100 million plus cases in Central and South America, and over a 20-year period it has a 100% case fatality rate for uh, dilatory cardiomyopathy. So people don't realize that dilatory cardiomyopathy is probably caused by spirochetes, not by alcohol or cognac or other things. It's probably caused by a chronic spirochete infection. All right. Well, are we ready to go on to climate change? We have yeah, I got uh, gravity, giant gravity waves, and I also pulled up those articles, too, and the actual articles by Dr. Scribbler, uh, Robert Scribbler. And uh, so I got the giant gravity waves to mix summer and winter. And what's interesting is it actually has a uh, little video with this. Uh, I got the article on, on the gravity waves and the death of winter. And, uh, yes, well, you know, Robert Scribbler wrote the article, but the article was written at a uh, paleoclimatologist level. And so, you know, it was very difficult to understand it. But then another paleoclimatologist out of Ottawa uh, put a thing up, uh, put a video up on YouTube, and he explains bit by bit uh, the, the pictures that we're seeing. Right. I actually have the video showing right now where the northern and southern jet stream, and you can see a big red circle where the northern jet stream has crossed the equator to the southern. You can actually see it. It's pretty crazy when you look at this picture. You say, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, I think this kind of climate change occurred uh, 15 million years ago. Uh, yeah. And and it was uh, pretty catastrophic. It means the seasons are mixed up. The net effect is warming the northern hemisphere, cooling the southern, so the ice sheet in Antarctica is increasing. But the northern, uh, what's called the Northwest Passage, and the release of methane hydrates and warming of the permafrost in Arctic is occurring. At the same time, uh, it also increases uh, levels of geotectonic events because uh, what I believe is the primary driver of this is the insertion of nanoparticle thorium, strontium, barium, aluminum by above government agencies and space, uh, U.S. Space Command to literally weaponize planet Earth for torsion field imaging through the Earth through using gravitonic imaging uh, for controlling weather and actually triggering off geotectonic and climatic effects to literally create climate and geotectonics and volcanism as a weapon against other countries. And there's five countries with weather modification technology, but the most advanced, because I took care of employees working at U.S. Space Command, they uh, put these low-Earth orbit satellites in orbit around the Earth so they can actually control the weather through the upper troposphere using uh, uh, what we call standing waves in the upper troposphere um, that were using paramagnetic nanoparticles as the media to convert the air to a plasma. And uh, that combined with the return of the nemesis dwarf star in the ancient times called Heraculobus, or nemesis or the destroyer, which we now know from the Atacama Large Millimeter Array has returned to the outer ap atmosphere of the solar system of about 0.73 light years out. And the sighting spring uh, comet and the passage of the Hale-Bob comet 
are examples of the passage of large comets. Now, sighting spring was a hyperliptical comet that's very large that has never been in the inner solar system. There's been a number of these now, probably pushed by the presence of a large gravitonic object in the outer solar system at the Oort cloud. And uh, the combination of us meddling with the upper atmosphere uh, is the primary thing, and not fixing Fukushima Daiichi, which alters the, um, we call the, uh, the effects of the outer atmosphere because of the gases such as argon and radioiodine. It alters the ozone layer and ground level ozone levels and plasma physics of the planet, combined with uh, the release of radiotoxins, which alter the lithospheric and the uh, layer, which is a low, deep trenches on the planet of the Earth, are triggering off major bad things combined with the uh, Macondo or the Devil's Food in Haitian drilling uh, off the coast of Louisiana that created, uh, I think, six years ago now, the uh, disastrous mess. Uh, which caused the use of Corexit 9500, which is a geno and radio geno and, and uh, neurotoxin, into the uh, food supply and affecting the the filter feeder fish and, and you know the all the other uh, shellfish and so on in the Gulf of Mexico, but it also destroyed the loop current, which is north basically the pacer for the northern jet stream. So a combination of all these things, which to some extent have been either amplified or created by humans is not good and, and unfortunately although they try to latch on to the carbon dioxide thesis that doesn't hold water because it's peaked many times in the last uh, even a couple hundred thousand years and uh yeah although it might be a factor in in some ice ages the biggest factors are going are basically human beings altering the upper atmosphere with nanoparticles and uh not fixing fukushima which changes the plasma physics of the planet because these radiotoxins don't belong out in the North Pacific Ocean. Yeah, uh, after the uh, Gulf current stopped, uh, what happened was the jet stream was being driven by the uh, Gulf Stream, and when the Gulf Stream stopped, the uh, jet stream uh, slowed down, and uh, it began to uh, it it began these wild gyrations from far north to far south to far north mm -hmm. to far south and I remember talking about that on your show oh two or three years ago right well now what's happening is that when it comes south it picks up the warm water at the equator and it carries it <laughs> it carries it up to the North Pole and last year the North Pole was above freezing I mean, that's how serious it is, and that was an indication that something was happening. Right. Now, we don't, I don't, uh, I'm not a paleoclimatologist, but I can see this picture, and I can see what they're talking about. And on uh, the date that you want to remember is June 27th, 2016, because on that day, a wisp of the northern jet stream crossed the equator. As far as we know, that's the first time that this happened in 15 million years. Right. And it crossed the equator into the and became part of the <coughs> southern jet stream. Now, so what they what they were saying in this in these articles is that <coughs> I'm sorry, is that when the jet stream crosses the equator, then. Um, the uh, the North Pole or the Northern Hemisphere will continue to warm up, right. and uh, eventually you won't have winter anymore. You'll just have summer. 
Right. I mean, you may have some variation, but it won't be freezing like it was. Right. So this is a very important article to read, and I've put in at least five different articles uh, listing why we may lose seasonal integrity. Right. That, that, by the way, that, that means is, number one, uh, famine. Number two, massive what's called climate, uh, climate refugees. Uh, number three is probably increased levels of ground level uh, toxic radiation from uh, high level ultraviolet radiation to uh, ground level ozone and x-rays. Uh, so it means that more things like skin cancer and photoactivation, for example, a lot of people aren't aware of this, including almost all doctors are not aware that many of the drugs they give patients are photoactivated to become toxins to the body, to the heart, other organs, and even cancer inducing. And some of the pesticides that are in our food actually get photoactivated in our bodies by the effect of ultraviolet light. So they become photoactivated uh, genotoxins, uh, including glyphosate. So a lot of people don't understand that when you have high energy light striking the skin, the metabolites of pesticides and toxins that go through our body actually become activated to become genotoxic, uh, cardiotoxic to our heart and blood vessels and also toxic to induce cancerous cell gene changes. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a convergence of disasters here. That means in the next number of years, we're probably going to see major uh, food collapse, major climate refugees, and major increases in uh, the dangers to cataracts, photoactivated toxins in the body, and uh, a decrease in the ability of, the, of people's immune systems. Because one of the things that happens when you have high energy ultraviolet light, it wipes out your immune system for a number of hours. And it's now discovered that if you wipe out your immune system, get exposed to a pathogen, that you're much more likely to have a serious infection start. So it also increases the rate of, of mutation of pathogens when they're exposed to stress or their host is exposed to stress. So it means pathogenic mutation and pathogenicity is going to increase as well. So it could be explained part of the reasons why we're seeing a increasing of wild and non-wild or human or community acquired uh, resistant organisms is that the earth itself is in a higher degree of stress from what's going on in, in the uh, climate. Yes, and can you scroll down to uh, where we've got the, uh, climate, the temperature anomaly, uh, 1951? Yeah, let me, let me roll it down there. Uh, this is the, the chart yeah. uh, the, the chart that shows the West Antarctic heat. Is that oh, the one I'm you're... Oh, so sorry. Is that the, the you chart you're talking about? Get a drink of water, I guess. Yeah. Okay, if you notice now in the Southern Hemisphere, Antarctica... Yeah. Antarctica is not like the Arctic. Right. You can, in other words, there's yeah. no land in the Arctic. Under, uh, but Antarctica is a continent in itself, and it has glaciers on top of it. And those glaciers have not yet uh, gotten into the seawater. But if you look up at the northern hemisphere, where you'll see there is a cold anomaly. It is uh, south of Greenland, and it's due to the melting of the glacier that, that is on Greenland at this time. Right. But you'll also notice that there is heaping anomalies over, uh, well, the northwest of the United States and much of Canada and Alaska, and then also over much of Russia. And that's the heating anomaly that they're talking about. That, that is being driven by the jet stream. Because yeah. the jet stream is meandering, it's going to... You're referring to this one, I'm pointing up here the, the chart that shows temperature with the six at the top and minus six at the bottom temperatures. And the different colors of yellow and so on. So if it's reddish brown, like over Western Russia and heading toward Alaska, that's pretty hot. And and you can see uh, it's pretty cold down here around Greenland. Uh, and about, you know, Baffin Island is pretty cool there. 
uh, and then really cold. Uh, it looks like there's a real cold anomaly off of Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. Do the glaciers? Right, that's, that's all from the uh, melting of the ice of the Arctic ice. Yeah, that's where the glaciers go along. You can see hundreds of them going off the coast of Newfoundland and Nova Scotia. And I've seen them. These are giant glaciers and, and earth icebergs there. They're the same ones that took out the, uh, uh, what's that, the cruise liner the uh, that went down off the off of Newfoundland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100 years ago. Yeah. So you can say, oh, Titanic, that's it, the Titanic. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as soon as the, uh, and they're watching the glacier on Greenland, uh, we already know that the Arctic ice is melting. And um, they expect that Greenland will soon have no glacier on it. And then that, that cold temperature anomaly that right now is over the northeastern part of the United States will disappear. And they will also be caught up in this, in this warming in the middle latitudes. So yeah, this so is above 45 degrees north latitude that's happening. So you're saying, and I see the chart here, it says by Jason, same now, February 25th, even as eastern U.S. freezes, there's less cold air in winter than ever before. Well, it, no, that, that actually is a different, that, well, yes, that's part of it. But what he's saying is that because the, because the uh, ice has melted in the Arctic Sea, then um, the sun rays come down and they, they don't get reflected out. The albedo uh, becomes very low and, in fact, the ground will absorb the heat from the sun and the, and the ocean. Right. It looks like the heat from the sun. And so the, the air above those two places uh, becomes warmed up. We used to have a big, a huge um, uh, sink of cold air that was over the, the North Pole. Well, that's being driven out because that air is warming up and we no longer will have yeah. uh, polar excursions. Remember the polar vertex? Right. That was the, that was the end of the polar... Uh, <clears throat> vertex essentially it was driven down that, into the arctic well, and there's there's no way for it to build up again well that's in fact the uh, the trade routes may actually go through uh north of hudson's Bay through the northwest passage all the way to asia and it may be one of the things that they're planning is what's called a polar asian uh uh, uh large container boat uh, uh route where they actually go through the northwest passage because it'll be open year-round and uh that's one of the effects of the Cooling. It's also dangerous because the permafrost releases methane hydrates. Yeah. And methane hydrates uh, do ascend to the upper atmosphere. Uh, chlorofluorocarbons don't. They're like a brick in a pool. But uh, methane hydrates do, and they are will persist in the upper atmosphere for a minimum of six months before the higher level, level ultraviolet light breaks them down to carbon dioxide, etc. And the methane hydrates do have a, a direct effect at causing thermal uh, capture, if you want to call it, in the upper atmosphere. So they're a factor in increasing uh, localized, we call lensing or heating up of that area. Uh, and the mess, so the release of methane hydrates too can be a problem because if you get a large enough burp of them, they can actually cause a change in the uh, pressure waves through the ocean. It can cause tsunamis. They can cause massive explosions because they can burn if they're triggered off with uh, lightning and other storms. And in fact, one of the reasons why they, after Macondo, when they drilled it, the United Nations asked the uh, uh, if they could move their America, their United Nations vehicles. And if you go from Google Space, you can see the UN vehicles are 500 to 1,000 miles from the Gulf of Mexico coast now. They're no longer parked right on the coast. Well, there are people who there, there is a hypothesis that 
uh, British Petroleum was actually drilling into the methane class rate uh, caves down there and uh, <coughs> deliberately released enough methane that uh, there were some people who said that if it exploded, for instance, you know, these these uh, drilling platforms, they always have a flare at the top. Right. And if it had exploded, it would have created a burn on bare skin 10 miles away. Yeah, what it would have created to a tsunami that could go up to 100, 100 miles inland, according to the experts I've talked to. Yeah. Uh, what happened is that, you know how deep the methane class rates are at the, at the Gulf of Mexico? In some areas, of the area they're drilling, they're up to two miles deep. And the volume, uh, volumized, if you actually take a volume of, of solid methane class rates at the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico, which is a mile down or so, the volume at the surface is 684 times larger in terms of the gas volume. So, oh, yeah. and so it's, it's very, very dangerous. And what they're doing, they were warned from this from 1951, a year before I was born. I was born 64 and a half years ago. So you can imagine these morons knew that they shouldn't be drilling there. They didn't have valves that could control the pressure of the oil alone. Then they knew they were drilling through methane class rates, and it was well known for 50, 60 years. And these, these guys, even though other oil companies applied, only British Petroleum got permission to do it. But also, when they had problems with uh, using dispersants, all of the branches of the military don't use Corexit 9500. They use non-toxic, non-genotoxic materials for dispersants, all of the branches of the military. But British Petroleum got permission because they own a company that makes the Corexit 9500, and the U.S. government allowed them to do it. George Bush allowed them to do it. That's right, George, another criminal in the Bush crime family. Another, right, well, he, he, was, he wanted the oil. He's got a big piece of it. Right, well, you know, remember the, uh, the, the Bush family owns part of uh, the uh, consortium that owns all the prisons in America, along with the Queen of England and all of the uranium pretty well on the planet. 85% of the uranium is owned by the Saudi Arabian family, the Queen of England, and the Bush family. They're the primary owners of those resources. And Hillary uh, signed the bill that allowed Russia to have 20% of our uranium. Yeah, I know. It's, the, the, you know, there's so many things other than her, her email server is just the tip of the iceberg. But it's my feeling, that I agree with Bush, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Rush Limbaugh, that uh, why would we expect a democratic uh, government, including the corrupt Department of Injustice and a, uh, a fellow Muslim from Obama, to prosecute Hillary Clinton, all this stuff, like how terrible it is this weekend, and she's going through eight years of hours of grilling and all this stuff. Nothing's going to happen. But the server is just a minor part of the corruption that's going on, where they sign contracts like to sign, give 20% of her uranium to Russia and to, uh, uh, you know, have all kinds of contracts for U.S. government contracts and so on. And they, just the Benghazi thing alone should recruit her from being able to run for president. But it's my feeling that if she's not prosecuted by August, she's going to be our next president, and we're going to go through hell. All right, let's move on. Yeah, um, I, I, I support Donald Trump as long as we can keep his potty mouth in control, and he expresses in reality that he's not a misogynist or a hater, and he's not a racist, which is all amplified and, and pushed way out of control by the, by the disturbing media. The fact is Donald Trump is a businessman who wants to build, make America great again, but the globalists want to destroy the nation states and create trade zones and ultimately want to reduce the world population, human fertility, which is why aren't, they aren't fixing these things, and also not fixing the climate disasters which are having, which are solar and galactic, amplified by man's interference with tier one science, 
that has weaponized the planet. And if Donald and his advisors get involved and actually find out what the heck's going on and realizing that whatever actions human beings are taking are amplifying these disasters and that the real agenda is to massively reduce world population and get rid of the nation state, uh, I think he's going to go crazy and you're going to start seeing a real clearing of, of the house. And once America gets on track, because you can now already know Putin does, Putin knows what the agenda is. He's not stupid, neither are the Chinese. They're aware that the Western agenda is completely satanic and wants to reduce world population. And these countries know that the West wants to get rid of them. And that's why they're not dealing with the climate issues. Climate issues are real serious. Uh, well, it, well when, they didn't, uh, when they didn't put Zika on the STD list, sexually transmitted disease list, then I knew that uh, it was deliberate. I mean, this is, uh, you can't, you can't have an STD without uh, putting it on the list. And if the doctors aren't required to notify uh, the CDC, and if the doctors aren't, uh, if the patients aren't required to notify their partners, and if the partners aren't checked, there probably isn't even adequate videos and, and PowerPoints and other material and manuals sent to the doctors to bring them up to speed. And most doctors don't have enough background infectious disease or public health to know the difference or to care. So unless you re-educate them, they're going to be basically out there not doing any work to try to really change the public health disaster that's going on or to reduce the chances that women may permanently lose their fertility to create normal babies. So it's, it's well, not they just... they know about STDs. All they had to do was put Zika on the STDs. Yeah, that would be easy. I mean, that would be... known what to do. Exactly. It'd be, it, it's, it, when you see it's something so easy, and then they all, all they want to do is talk about, you know, bathrooms, you know, like, uh, as I said before, why don't they have a male, female in the bathroom with a big question mark? Like, we don't care what you are. If you're neither male nor female, this is where you go. No, what they want is they want to reduce the idea that people do have sexual differences. So they have a drone class of people that really don't understand if they're male or female based on their genitalia. And uh, the globalists would want to literally culturally get rid of the idea that there is sex, males and females. In fact, they're poisoning the environment with xenotoxins that are endocrine disruptors that feminize males. We're seeing a drop in a sperm count in male uh, epigenetics. And we're seeing an increase in fertility up to 25% of young couples that are infertile now because it dropped in sperm count and inadequate or improper uh, fertilization and uh, cycling in women caused by all these toxins. And uh, they don't want to do anything about it. And of course, if you talk to the doctors to see if they know how to even test it, uh, I certainly didn't have adequate training when I was in medical school or residency. I had to train myself. So people say, how did you learn this stuff? I said, I started doing work at research labs decades before anybody else was having a, even commercial laboratory available. And I asked a zillion questions and found that most of my colleagues were as dumb as a bag of rocks and pretty darn useless too. And uh, people want to say, well, you should be nice to people. I said, why? Why should I be nice when I'm the teacher and they're the student and they need to sh sit down, shut up and listen? Because I do know more than them. And that's why when I get people that do call me, like I had a gentleman the other day call me in his 80s, who was disturbed by the fact that I was lecturing to them. I said, you need to realize I'm the professor, you're the student, you need to be quiet, and you need to listen. If you don't understand things, raise questions until you do understand it. But the, the fact is the population is being set up to be destroyed financially, geopolitically, and genetically. And then when the population is sufficiently impoverished, sick, and dying, then the globalists will replace us with, uh, if you want to call it cyborgs or uh, human-animal hybrids in order to be able to create whatever 
uh, underclass they want, and they'll take a life extension technology and converge with technology to extend their lifespans for centuries or millennia, while the rest of the population either dies prematurely from the toxic environmental world we have or is not allowed to reproduce normally, it'll be considered wild reproduction. And if people think I'm delusional, I can give them specific quotes from public documents like the World Watch Institute, the Council on Foreign Relations, Foreign Affairs, the Georgia Guidestones, and many other documents, so it's really not open for dispute. So when people think they have a right to an opinion, no, they have a right to an attitude. An opinion, in legal terms, means that you opine or specifically have logic or evidence that in a court of law could get an indictment. Unfortunately, most of these people, if they actually had to be a witness in court, would be removed from the from the docket by the judge or by the other parties because they couldn't provide evidence that would be hold up in court to, in any court of law. And that's the problem is we have a culture nowadays that are what I call Google geniuses. If they can Google something in 30 seconds or a few minutes, they think suddenly, even if it's produced in a multimedia like YouTube, that all of a sudden they're really smart and really they don't fully understand an issue. And that's why most of the public media is useless and dangerous. And most of the un of the alternative media is by uneducated people who couldn't properly support their opinion and have either a narcissistic egocentric personality disorder. We don't do this because we're trying to feed our ego. We're doing it to save the population from ignorance and disaster. And that's why when I have people that want to, do, to uh, get mad at Dr. Deagle because I, I pontificate or I, you know, I show that I know more than my guests or I interrupt people, uh, they, what they need to do is either be quiet or turn off the radio, walk away, suffer, and die prematurely. I really don't have any patience for it anymore. They need to listen. So when we talk about these public health issues and these climate issues, this is very damn serious, and you're not going to hear this anywhere else. When we talk about things like Zika virus, not even on the STD list, or when we talk about things like, you know, this uh, drug-resistant Candida auris, which I've been following, by the way, for 36 years from research I did back at the University of San Francisco is immunology testing. Um, you know, I'm preparing papers for the Academy of Anti-Aging Environmental Advancement in Medicine, so I'm one of the world teachers and professors, and I am aggravated by people who don't even raise what I call proper ad hominem attacks, non-ad hominem attacks, because I want my intellectual and scientific abuse. I want people to raise questions based on evidence and logic that shows that I've not completely thought through an issue, but I'm not interested in people's ad hominem attacks because I have a how can I say, a dominant personality uh, where I'm going to try to teach people and they don't want to be lectured to. That's too bad. Does that make sense, Ann? Uh, it makes sense to me. And, I, and you're, you're a brilliant person, you see, so we can work together on these issues. But we raise questions, and we often raise more questions than we have answers, but we raise questions that scare the heck out of me because the other side won't even respond to issues that we, where we come up with either some reasonable solutions for example, I've been working for five years and a half with Chris Harris, this is his radio name, on Fukushima Daiichi, but I have other nuclear and safety engineers I've been in contact with over the past five and a half years. And for people to dispute uh, the issue because they don't like me talking about it, or uh, I don't have any, not even one, scientific argument where someone comes on the air, but I've talked to the scientists that are supposedly the consultants for the senators in California and Oregon, and when I talk to them, it's like I call the incredible shrinking PhDs. All of a sudden, they know nothing. And what's disturbing to me is they don't want any public policies that raise the issue that they're incompetent or they're doing things in the public health danger, like not monitoring food, water, soil, or even filter feed or fish, or air sampling, which I recommended four years ago with USB radiation detectors like Inspector Plus and commercial airliners. I have 
no logical or decent response from any of these scientists, including ones in the public domain, like Dr. Mishukaku, who's a Japanese nuclear scientist, another of his 40,000 scientists, according to him, that are actually part of their group that are concerned about radiation from Fukushima. The fact is that every one of these issues, we are the only ones to actually publicly and scientifically open up the, I call it like a scientific or intellectual pathologist, opening up the guts of these issues and raise questions that even put us in a, in a discomfort zone because we don't have all the answers. All we know is that that these issues are not properly being dealt with or we don't even, the people who look at climate models like Mr. Robert Scribbler, he looks at some of the main drivers, but something that only happens one time in 15 million years is bad. Something that indicates the cascade of subduction zones about to blow is bad. Something that tells you that, that uh, the Fukushima Daiichi is causing radiological desertification is very, very bad. And unfortunately, we have a public who wants to hear what I call uh, fear-mongering uh, egomaniacs like Alex Jones, which brings on Lord Moncton and talks about how troops are going to march around Europe like the Second World War, like the Gestapo, and prevent nations from leaving the European Union, when the real issue is the Vatican, who's pushing their sabotaging Satanistic views, the, uh, the Talmudic Satanic Jews and the bankers who are pushing things, and guys in three-piece suits with attache cases are going to be the ones that are going to force European nations to lose their national status completely and become an Islamified super-Chrislam state where a, a, a mutant version of Catholic Christianity and uh, Islam mixed with Satanic Judaism will be the ruling uh, power behind this new European super-state that will be fully Islamified. And that's biblical. And the problem is that people don't want to face these things because it's too ugly for them or they can't recognize the thesis is such a tight argument. There really isn't anything to dispute. We're seeing it right in front of our eyes. We don't have to prophesy anything. It's right there. The same way as our science. Uh, I talked to my colleague, Dr. Ron Klatz, who I'm preparing this paper for, uh, the song of DNA in terms of biophotonic uh, epigenetics of how DNA is expressed for disease and illness and the use of things like the bioplasm and the uh, meta metapathia machines for diagnostics and how the confirmation of DNA uh, peptides actually alters the expression of DNA producing messenger RNA and what's called MRI, micro mRNAs and so on to regulate your genes. The, the fact is we've got scalar radiation from smart meters, Wi-Fi networks and cell phones and only just two weeks ago the cell phone industry had a major in injury because scientific communities come out and prove clearly that cell phones cause brain cancer and yet people have been using them for years at higher and higher energies and thinking that Dr. Deagle is out of his bunkers because I'm suggesting these things are dangerous because they love texting uh, and they love sticking a cell phone on the side of their head and there's no problem with Wi-Fi networks even though private schools in Europe and England have actually outlawed them because they interfere with forming a memory trace. They're scrambling their presynaptic uh, biology and preventing proper neural networks from forming. And uh, uh, when I hear someone like this gentleman who called me uh, uh, yesterday and I had to tear a six foot wide strip across him, is that you need to be quiet, you need to listen, you need to realize you're gonna get information from us you're not gonna hear anywhere else, including Alex Jones or regular public media. You're not. This is the place where you're gonna hear it. Uh, you're going to hear people are going to get all upset about different issues, but yeah, I will not present something that we we will not present a a framework for a solution. That's why, and we always talk about the idea of you can do testing for candida. We have antipathogenics. You can do self protection against radiotoxins. You can start filtering your water of all the 
what do you call the toilet tap water garbage that's in your water that's killing you. Uh, you can start kind of detoxifying your body. You can use you, you can not submit yourself to allopathic medicine exclusively, although there are some things in allopathic medicine that are good. You have to be very, how can I say, well advised. You don't destroy yourself with toxic polypharmacy or inappropriate surgery. Um, a good example is estimated by the American College of Surgeons alone and urologists that 1.5 million men ended up permanently losing bladder control and sexual function in the last decade with inappropriate cancer surgery for prostate cancer. That's their own numbers. Uh, half of the people that submit to allopathic cancer treatment get killed by the cancer treatment itself in the first six months. I know. I went to the head of oncology in 1977 at the Vancouver General, which is the second largest hospital complex on the planet when I was doing my internal medicine training. And I went to him and I said, you know, I killed a lot of people today. And he looked at me funny like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I gave him chemo. He went into coarse V-fib, fine V-fib, and arrested. And when I was called back to the floor, they don't never come back from it, no matter what I do for them. And he looked at me. I said, well, you know, these people probably have electrolyte problems. They're not eating for weeks. We're giving them toxic things. And if I got, I got on my hand, the chemo is mixing Donorubicin, and my hangnails haven't healed in two months. And I said, I'm a young person in their early 20s. This is like 40-some years ago. And he looked at me like I was from Mars. I'm thinking, you know, why don't we try to figure out what cancer is and nurse these people so they can even survive our treatments and more likely are gonna conquer their cancer. So the medical system is extremely corrupt by people who are devoid of ethics. The geopolitical system is populated by liars like Obama and Hillary Clinton. And the general public by and large is so ignorant, they believe these fools and think that it's perfectly fine to follow leaders that'll destroy them. And that's not okay to me. So, uh, well, Doctor Diggle, um, you know it's getting a little late here. I'll, I'll let you sign off. I'm going to do a little bit more on the program about Nutrimeds, but I, I want people to understand uh, we have a heart for people, no matter what they think of us. And you're a very brilliant scientist, and you bring up issues that, to be honest with you, scare the hell out of me. And a lot of time, you bring up things that I'm not aware of even. And what's important is we try to bring a framework of solutions to them because. These challenges are going to challenge the human population in ways that have never been seen before. Whether it's well, I climate. I appreciate change. you giving me a thought. Yeah, and, and I think your blog is extremely important. The people need to support you because what's going on is they're not going to get this information on other programs on radio or television. This is going to be put, sent over all the video broadcast platforms from uh, iTunes and Vimeo and Google Play, etc. Uh, but it's very important for people to understand that this kind of information is not publicly available in any other format. And, uh, you know, when people want to dispute it or get mad that we are presenting things and act like we, quote, know it all, in most cases we actually do. And that's what's really <laughs> disturbing to me. Uh, yeah. and, and at least if we, if we don't, if we only know it partially, we raise issues to the point where we want to, we want to request and beg for challenges that are on a scientific non-ad hominem basis that present facts and evidence. For example, drivers on climate, drivers on why pathogenesis has all of a sudden massively increased the last two or three years so both wild pathogens and public pathogens are increasing dramatically. Why do we have bad public health policies that are protecting us? Why do we have open door policies that don't control our borders? And we don't even check our, our new emigres to whether or not they're carrying serious diseases like tuberculosis, which is spreading like crazy through the country, chikungunya, uh, Chagas spirochetosis, uh, hepatitis C, all kinds of pathogens. And of course, the average doctor is very poorly trained in any of these areas. So then, and and the CDC is not even putting out standards of new diagnostic materials or 
or uh, guidelines to even tell them, you know, we really should be doing this too, doc, which of course the doctors are already strained to keep up in the gerbil cage of medicines to get their fee for service so they can stay in business. So uh, I'm not impressed with the situation we have now. And, uh, you know, uh, if people detect uh, a modicum of anger, uh, anger does not describe it, rage does not describe it, it's well beyond rage. It's an intellectual rage against the systems that try to decry people like us to raise questions and try to attack us because we upset people by pretending we know more than the rest of them and unfortunately the very ugly facts are we do and I wish it wasn't that way I wish we would have for every show I bring on I'd have a nuclear scientist call in or infectious disease expert or a oncologist or cardiologist would come all and try to dispute it with me but the last time someone called into my show as a medical doctor to dispute things it was a, I did what's called a full force uh, mixed mental martial arts autopsy on him on air, and it was very ugly. And uh, I don't like to do that, but I have to do it. And people say, that's not nice. People won't like you. I say, you know, I care about people and I love them whether they love me or not. But I'm going to make sure they understand one thing. I'm the leader, they're not. And leader means you have to take the tough decisions to, to, to show the truth even though other people don't want to listen. And after a while, they'll start following you because they say, well, maybe they did demolish the World Trade Center by a controlled demolition like 9-11 uh, architects and engineers. Or maybe they did give CIA special numbers to like the scholars for 9-11 uh, to the so-called pilots that flew the planes into the buildings. Or maybe George Bush and the people did know in advance they were going to do this demolition and other things. So that's why he's reading a little pet goat book upside down. Or Maybe like I was the ex-examiner for the Oklahoma City Murrah building and one of the five broke down because he wanted me to check some for radiation because three radiation detectors went off scale and they removed two US, U.S. Army Corps engineer micronukes, thermite, RDX, and high explosive cord from the building and were freaked out and they later court-martialed him and death-threatened me and fired me on the spot. Uh, so I don't really have any patience with people that want to dispute with the experience that I've been through. Uh, I don't have any patience. None. Zero. So, um, you know, when we talk about these medical issues, I'm very concerned the human race is going to get sterilized, starved, forced through climate uh, disasters to be climate, uh, we call refugees. And we already see it. A great deal of what's driving Islam out of the Middle Eastern countries is simply climatic. The, the geo-religious issues are secondary. The primary issue is the fact that climate's screwing up all the countries where the Muslims live, right? That's right. That's yeah, and people don't understand right. it. Then nobody talks about it. Well, now, on top of it, we go into these countries and we bomb the hell out of them and give them indiscriminate drone bombings and uh, killings of the regular citizens rather than being heroes and rebuilding their industry and trying to fix their water like uh, Muammar Gaddafi with primary water. We go in there and try to devastate their countries. And these are smart, intelligent people who have had civilization for many thousands of years, longer than Europe. And yet we treat them like garbage and we wonder why they get mad at us. Uh, you're kidding. You know? So, All right, Dr. Okay, I'm going to let you run, and I'm going I'm to talk a little bit about the, the Nutrimeds and our new technology with the Metapathy and the other things, because this is really, I'm working on my PowerPoint paper, and I should have this finished this weekend for the December conference. But mm -hmm. um, we're going to break a lot of ground, a lot of issues, whether it's spiritual, geopolitical, other issues, and if people keep listening and watching the videos and materials, they're going to be shocked with the material we provide that no one else in any other network, any other show, has the guts to post these issues with facts, evidence, and good questions. And this is, if we don't have the answers, we have the best damn questions you can imagine. 
So Zig, I'm glad that we're able to get this information out so people can start to prepare themselves for what's coming. Or, and also start pushing their senators and congressmen to say, you know, is Cascadia going to blow? I mean, they just did a simulation a few weeks ago. I don't, my, my son and his daughter and my grandchildren live in Portland. I don't know. I don't think they're ready for what's coming. They're not ready for Mount Hood to blow and cause an ash cloud, although I've told them I give my son and daughter-in-law uh, masks so that they stay indoors and cover their face with masks so they wouldn't get the ash cloud, destroy their lungs and their airways. But I don't think people are prepared for basically anything. They're not prepared for a blackout uh, from an EMP or a cyber attack. They're not prepared for a bioweapon release. They're not prepared for a major superquake. They're not prepared for a major ozone hole developing over North America. Basically, people aren't prepared for anything. Well, that's too bad. Because yeah. if they aren't prepared, then they won't have any descendants to go into the brave new world. Well, the world is going to happen. We want a brave new world where it's a godly new world, where mankind does not become a cybernetic uh, monster that's emerging with technology. We want people like the sons of Adam and Eve that will become live for millennia and have advanced intelligence, have kindness and, and empathy toward the other living creatures on our planet, and can become a galactic civilization to spread across the galaxy as a force for good. But what I see happening on the planet with the globalists is to create a, an evil, warmongering uh, sect of cybernetic monsters that spread across the galaxy like a disease. And I'm very concerned because I, I think the God of the universe is concerned because in a sense, we've been quarantined, and if the quarantine ends with a disastrous release of mankind in an evil form across the universe, it'll be pretty catastrophic to the whole galaxy and the cosmos. You know, 10,000 years from now, as the version of mankind that we have now gets off this planet, we're in, the universe is in big trouble. Well, I believe that we are on the cusp of that. Oh yeah, we're, we're real close. And people think, oh, it's a minor thing. No, it's not. In fact, what we're talking about now today on these shows whether or not we transcend, uh, you know, multi-pathogens and climate change and the singularity of artificial intelligence and, and uh, zero-point energy and other things, it determines whether or not we become a spiritual uh, creature in, in a literally a collective organism that can become a galactic civilization for good rather than evil. And it determines whether or not wisdom will grow because people live centuries rather than just decades and die in, in, in homes for advanced dementia in their 50s and 60s and 70s so wisdom dies long before the person's physically dead. And that's what I see happening is the rate of Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, neurodegenerative diseases is advancing at an enormous pace. I don't see a, uh, I, I, see, I don't see a brave new world. I see a whimpering uh, massive ex human extinction level event. And, uh, oh yes, yeah. I, it wouldn't, you only have to have positive nuclear war. I mean, we have enough converging natural disasters that could wipe out humanity <laughs> from a series of catastrophes from stupidity, arrogance, and inability to, to look at the facts and actually do something about it. So when I hear warmongers and fearmongers trying to, to say, me too, and I'm so great and wonderful, I'm not great and wonderful, I just ask a lot of questions. And, and you do that very well, and, and I'm going to say goodbye now. Yeah, okay, and you take care, and we will uh, we'll have a great show next Friday. Uh, I'm sure that we'll do, so. hopefully we'll do the videos sooner than, uh, than two days later, but it's good to get this material out to everybody. Take care. Yes. All right. Take you care. Bye-bye. Thank you. And we're going to continue now. Um, first part of the show, we had a problem with uh, showing some of the uh, information regarding our uh, different nutraceuticals. And I'm going to go back over that because I want uh, people to understand some of our specials. Of course, we have uh, Power C Plus with 40% higher absorption with the uh, presence of biaparin. It's the only sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium, ascorbate salt 
So it's the only uh, high absorbed form of neutral pH in the world. We have the only silver 100, uh, only ionic silver on the planet that's a silver uh, in its uh, antipathogenic state, hundreds of times stronger than any other silver. We have the only Tesla activated plasma monoatomic iodine, the most powerful antipathogenic and a mitochondria regenerator. We also have Alice Med from our German source, 200 milligrams more than Alamed and a much better price, $65 compared to about $140 for the Alamed and uh, more capsules and then 200 milligrams more per capsule. We have, of course, life support chocolate, which is one of our favorite uh, nutraceutical formulas for uh, life support that has phase two detox. We have the QRMA quantitative resonant magnetic analysis, 25% off. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, our other diagnostic machines, uh, besides the QRMA, which is one of my favorite, I'll just highlight this here. The uh, QRMA here is now at 1649, down 25%. Our bioplasm expert is um, uh, 4758, and we have, of course, the, uh, ups, uh, uh, the upgrade. If you had a previous machine, we have that available, but the, uh, the current machine now is down 25% from 6300. We also have the uh, e-vitalizer static magnetic uh, bipolar field balancer for e-vitalizer at 25% uh, off. And the most advanced diagnostic machine available in the world is the Metapathia, which is an upgrade from the Bioplasm. The Metapathia machine uh, was developed by the Russian Space Agency as a Metatron. And it can look at the bioresonant uh, uh, activity of the body right down to the individual cells, tissues, organs, and even with the hunter function, even fine disease states, pathogens, blocked arteries, cancer, and give you harmonic resonant frequencies, which we can put through other devices such as pulsed uh, sound, light, and others. So we have epigenetic uh, frequency therapy that I have worked out the technology, the first in the world to actually interface the metapathia or the bioplasm with uh, doing these epigenetic frequency therapies. So that's the first on the planet. So uh, I'm exclusively working with uh, people like the Accutron, uh, with Dr. Darren Starwin, which will be launching through physicians to do microcurrent therapy through the uh, Accutron device using the Metapathia. Um, and so these are available. So anybody can get training. I can log on to TeamViewer 11 and uh, log on and take over your machine while you're doing a diagnostic assessment anywhere on the planet with the Metapathia. So remote, we call uh, medical diagnostics and therapies available. We can even check the efficacy of drugs and or nutraceuticals for different health conditions using harmonic resonant matching. So that's pretty amazing. And uh, uh, I wanted people to understand that uh, we have some, some uh, remarkable technologies here that, we, that can help you get well. Um, the uh, other thing that I want to do is run through some of our other nutraceuticals. We have, of course, several hundred in our Dr. Bill's uh, exclusive nutraceuticals from adrenal support to Ageless, to Allerblock, to Berberstatin, etc. All these nutraceuticals work uh, in activated forms and bioavailability forms that jump over any other uh, similar nutraceutical in the world, including, say, like our Keylor Max, our Collagen Max, which is a choline-stabilized orthosilistic silicon we obtained from a specific laboratory in Europe, um, our CoQ10 Supreme Ubiquinol, the most bioavailable liquid ubiquinol for the brain, uh, for organ regeneration, the CoQ10 Supreme, the only non-crystallizing CoQ10 in the world. Um, our defense wipes, which will kill all pathogenic bacteria and viruses. Our allergic acid, we're DNA repair. 
um, our, uh, you know, anti-pathogenic things like our flu uh, kits and uh, radiation masks, etc. Um, our nutraceuticals are really stellar. And, uh, you know, I give you specific protocols free if you just contact uh, me and I will give you a, a free protocol to get started. I only charge my time for, you know, if you send me lots of records by attachment. Never send records by mail or by paper. We have, of course, Silver 100 sales. Uh, the Silver 100 always is available in the uh, dropper or the spray. And uh, this is an amazing thing. They're only two ounce bottles, but they're 100 times stronger than any other silver. We have Cardiovasc, the best formula for your heart and vascular health um, that's available as well. And we have the cardiovascular uh, capsules and spray and dropper. We got a cardiovascular dropper, that is, I mean, and um, uh, 15 drops equals one capsule. And we have the best prices available. Do not get the knockoffs like Extendivite, which is a garbage, not using the proper part of the plant, heart and body, and other instrumental heart drops. These are companies that have tried to steal the formula, don't have the proper parts of the plant, do not test every batch to do the same. So, uh, Extendivite, Heart and Body, and Strosart Drops are uh, very poor quality knockoffs that do not have the same rigor for getting the right part of the plant or testing every batch for the right biomolecules. We have Mountain Red Velvet, which is a regenerator of molecules. This includes the uh, glyconutrients, uh, similar to Ambertose, but much more. It includes other classes of biomolecules for regeneration of tissues. It's the little reddish uh, fuzz on the antlers itself, not the antler itself. It has 397, six biomolecules and six growth hormones, including IGF-1. If you're trying to regenerate any organ in the body, you want you want uh, Mountain Red Velvet. I'm working on creating a new version by importing it and recapsulating it. So we'll get to the terminal ileum. We're also trying to make a surgical version for printing solid organs in regenerative plants, such as the research facility in the University of Wisconsin and Regenerex at the, uh, at the uh, regenerative facility in North Carolina. Uh, so these are pretty amazing. We have the Alamax liquid, Alamax capsules, and of course, uh, uh, we still have, uh, we have the Allison med, which replaces Alamed. So, uh, then we look down uh, to Indiamese. Indiamese, we're also working on new forms of uh, liposomal ionic minerals. Those will be coming up in the next few months. Our current Indium is amazing in terms of chaperoning minerals into your cells and nucleoplasm to turn on your DNA. Uh, activating the pineal gland, etc., and activating the higher centers of the brain and, and spiritual activity of the brain. Uh, we have ozone treatment machines, the hydrogen ion whole body detox system, which is a major saving uh, as well on them right now. Uh, ozonated water generators for both the the, the uh, hyperbaric oxygen for ozonating water for enemas or for orally drinking ozonated water and a plasma ozone multi-stage air conditioning uh, systems as well. So those are available also. Um, we have the VibraSlim uh, vibrational platform machines, which are the best price for a vibrational exercise. Uh, those machines will be up also having a new, new machine based on the sonic vibration that can literally put frequencies through the machine from the bioplasm or the metapathia. Those will be coming out as well. We have liquid zeolite, which is the... Um, uh, best non-acid wash zeolite in the world for detoxification, 13 drops in water three times a day, ultra-liquid zeolite. And, of course, we have, of course, the, the Dr. U book, which explains functional medicine. That uh, Dr. U book is available now, and it explains functional medicine as well as the QRMA testing. 
which is one of the simplest tests. It only takes a minute to do the test. You send me the compressed file and I'll tell you with your medical wellness history uh, exactly what supplements to take to try to reverse your health issues. We have the Carrot Bars Gold business, uh, which is really important to get involved with Carrot Bars and Save by the Gram. And we talk about that every Thursday, our number, every Tuesday, our number one. Um, we have medical donations. We supply uh, supplements to veterans and to people that cannot afford supplements using your donations. We have our phone wellness consultation. I charge by the half hour, $150 per half hour if I get medical legal records or medical records, imaging studies, genetic analysis, or other functional medicine testing and need a more involved consult. Pure Water Systems, you save 10% if you use the code NutriMeds. This code NutriMed, N-U-T-R-I-M-E-D, you see here, um, you'll save on the BEV systems, which includes the BEV um, uh, systems, uh, and I will just give you a hyperlink here to explain how amazing this is. If you look at the BEV systems, we have, of course, the uh, BEV 100 system on countertop, the BEV 200 system, which is a tackle box system, the BEV 300, which is under the counter with a five-gallon reserve tank, the BEV 500, which is automated flushing system, and the uh, whole host systems. These are all the cleanest water systems on the planet. There's no comparison with any other systems available. And uh, uh, then we look at um, Michelle's uh, directly linked. She has, of course, over at the Deagle Network, a blog. So you can log on and create articles or connect with other people in the world using at DeagleNetwork.com, uh, our blog. We have Less EMF. Uh, Less EMF, of course, supplies the, the technologies for blocking radiation, measuring radiation, etc. And there's all kinds of sale items here for EMF shielding materials and meters, etc. These are all uh, very remarkable. And I usually have Emil de Toflon at least once a month <coughs> to explain this technology to the public. Um, we have PrepareWise uh, Foods, <clears throat> which are the, the most advanced monitor-based packaging for emergency food. <coughs> and they have largest number of entrees with the largest size and best prices. We have the Ready Store, emergency food and medical supply equipment at Ready Store. <coughs> we have a, a few clearance items as well, where larger batches, you have to order three or six packs or featured products. So uh, do enjoy the weekend um, of Independence Day. <coughs> do uh, enjoy the information. Uh, don't be afraid to call into the show at 800-313-9443. Only rules of the road are no ad hominem tax. Make certain you have a solid, a very clear set of questions and statements <coughs> and have it based on facts and evidence and logic. And you'll get a good platform. We've had excellent callers lately that teach not only me, but our audience. And uh, we also, after the show, often have recaps where we do videotapes. If you log on to Nutramedical One, you have to pose your question first in writing on the, on the Skype. And uh, if you're accepted, then you can actually come on here and actually talk. Well, we do a live notification, but you need to sign on to Nutramatic onto our live stream video channel. Uh, don't just try to call in because we won't take your calls. You have to send a message by Skype first, uh, and uh, that means you're, we'll know your name. And then once you've sent your message, then we can authorize you to, to actually talk on air. So have a wonderful day and enjoy the 4th of July holiday independence weekend. We'll be here for you on Tuesday. Take care. God bless. and. Thank God for our veterans and for God bless America.